Monday, I lost my voice and it is mostly back today. Uh, so if it goes out in the middle of this, just bear with. I won't be, some of y'all remember Matt, Matt Briggs, and when he and I co-taught on a Sunday and he had the, the crazy raspy voice and it was, it was a good teaching. It was just terribly awkward to listen to him talk like that. Um, I hope not to emulate that tonight. But tonight, as I said, that tonight is a take a moment service, one of these moments in time where we get to pause and rest for a second and really just rest in who God is for us. And y'all, I mean, my own self, if I'm being transparent, it's, it's been a, a very busy, a bit of a chaotic start to the spring semester. Um, you may have felt that as well. And, and so that's not me having to have like therapy time with you. That's more like when I, when we're, where we're headed tonight has been a place that really has kind of been an anchor, been a place where I've gone literally to like seek shelter in the sense of wanting just to find rest in the Lord and even marinate. The other, the other day I was truly reading in the New Testament. If you've spent any time around me, I mean, I'm not talking about biology nerd things. I love the Apostle Paul. Um, that's my dude. I just love the way he thinks. Again, under the guidance of the Holy Spirit, he, is he writing these things? Uh, but again, but the Lord used real humans, real people with real grammar proclivities and real word choices. But again, under the Holy Spirit's guidance. But at the same time, I love the Apostle Paul, but I literally was sitting on my, ch- my couch trying to read the New Testament. I'm like, y'all, I just, it is like, fitting the square peg into the round hole. Like it is just not happening. And I was like, this is atypical. Like this is not my job. Like normally I go to Apostle Paul to feel comforted and my dude who comforts me is like not working today. And so I went to the Psalms because I'm like, man, where can I go to hear about the Lord? And instead of just hear Paul's eloquent speech about who Christ is and, you know, heady theology. I was like, I just need to hear the reality of who the Lord is. Like I need to hear the reality of his care. I need to hear the reality of his provision. And so I would encourage you if you ever find yourself in a moment where you're just like, man, like I know we should be like learning about, you know, explicitly Jesus through the New Testament, because I think sometimes we feel like, like I love Seth Brill up here where he's like, all of the Old Testament's pointing to Jesus and I affirm that. But sometimes I need to be like reading the New Testament so that I know really who Jesus is. And then often we approach the Psalms like, ah, yes, those archaic weird phrases that no one understands and nobody totally feels comfortable with. Um, because at one moment it's like calling down curses on people, talking about breaking teeth out of heads and like, Lord, would you trample the wicked? And then the next moment it's like, praise the Lord with a harp and a lyre. And we're like, man, that's, that's kind of, that was a hard switch right there. But I would say the, the Psalms really are for the Lord's people. A song book, song lyrics, poetry, that walk us right up into the human experience. That the Psalms really do walk us into and up and down through the emotional contours of what does it mean to be human? 
to have a wild variety of experiences, even to think about your own emotions as they turn on a dime. Like, I mean, how many times do you roll up to someone and you're like, hey, how are you? And they're like, I'm okay. And if you hang around me long enough, I'll be like, what's sort of okay? Um, and so, and then you're like, well, it's actually kind of like this. And you start unpacking the kind of ebb and flow up and down of your journey of whether it's the last five minutes, the last hour, the last year. And the Psalms really do that for us, that we get this wonderful emotional contour. And so you get all sorts of things at any given Psalm. But where we're headed tonight, Psalm 34, I was telling the band beforehand, it's gonna be more meditative. I'm not gonna teach a whole lot in the sense of you know, picking apart every little phrase because I want, in many ways, the text to speak for itself. It's good poetry. And now I know sometimes I say that. Freshmen, no hate. Our frontal lobes are still developing. You will love poetry more one day. Uh, but poetry is good, y'all. And if you're like, no, it's not, I'm like, it will get better. Maybe it just takes age to appreciate good poetry. But this psalm is poetry, but it's poetry that's laden with truth. And so I'm gonna invite you to really kind of take your emotional core and place it in the middle of this because we can just hear it with our heads and kind of be like, I'll start reading in a minute and you can just literally hear the words, uh-huh, uh-huh, okay, check, I believe that, I believe that, I believe that in the cognitive sort of way. And that's good, I affirm that but I would want you to put your emotional self and be like, this is who the Lord is. This is who he is for me. This is what is true about him. And so I'm gonna pick up in verse one and we're gonna read together and we'll pause at moments. I'm gonna read rather slow if that's possible. Y'all know I read fast sometimes, but we'll read it together. Psalm 34. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul makes its boast in the Lord. Let the humble hear and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. And I want to pause and let us rest in that a minute. That we're invited to bless the Lord every time you see Lord here. This is the covenant name of God. I will always reference back to Exodus 34, 6 when Moses is on Mount Sinai and the Lord shows up and proclaims his covenant name. An inherent in Near Eastern thought was that a name and who someone was were intimately linked. And so the Lord proclaims his covenant name. This is who I am. And he says a God merciful, gracious, abounding in steadfast love, forgiving sins. And so I wanna invite us here with the psalmist to say, I will bless the Lord at all times. 
all times. That making much of him will always be in my mouth. And that we are invited, even tonight, to make much of the Lord together. Continuing on. I sought the Lord and he answered me and delivered me from all my fears. Those who look to him are radiant and their faces shall never be ashamed. This poor man cried and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all of his troubles. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and delivers them. I would invite you to rest in the reality that the Lord invites us to seek him. Seek and you will find. That the Lord is the God who delivers us. And again, his deliverance sometimes is exactly what we think it would be and hope it would be. And it's everything that we have prayed for. And sometimes his deliverance shows up in ways that are counter to what we think it should or would look like. But that the Lord is always good. He is always working on behalf of his people. It says those who look to him are radiant. And y'all, sometimes I don't feel too radiant. As I often say, when I look in the mirror, I'm like, man, when did you get so old? But at the same time, like, this idea of those who are perpetually putting their heart, putting their gaze before the Lord, when you encounter them, there is something different about them. This poor man cried and the Lord heard him. Y'all, this is one of the most Beautiful things that we have a God who hears. He is a hearing God. That he doesn't just kind of cognitively know some things. That his ears are open. And that the Lord surrounds his people. And out of all this in verse eight, it says, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. I won't even go further than that. I literally sat on my couch and Saturday morning when I was really just marinating in this and I was like, taste and see. I think so often we use that in like, you know, I know Lifeway. Lifeway was this Christian bookstore that doesn't exist anymore and there's a part of that that's a good thing. But they had all this like kitschy mugs and stuff that, you know, would have like, you know, a slice of bread with steam coming off it and be like, taste and see that the Lord is good. Uh, and like things like that. And if that's like your mama's mug, I'm sorry. But here's the thing is that I would say, we can use that so often that we lose what it's saying, that it's like, again, taste and see. If you think about taste, yes, things taste good, but it's like experientially experience. Like if you're like, what is... The act of eating isn't just all about insert caloric packets, but it's about enjoying. It's saying experience this in a really meaningful way. Taste 
Get it into your being. Get it into your bones. Get it into your experiential self. Experience like one would taste a choice meal. Get it into yourself and see, again, that don't just hear about it. Don't just kind of hear rumor of it, but look upon it. Like, again, there's a whole world of difference. And I think this is fantastic. Those of you who are all into the food scene, the way food comes out on a plate matters. If you've been a server before, you know. Because seeing and tasting, you can have food that's all kind of, it's good food, but kind of just mashed together. And it experientially, what you experience is different when it shows up all plated well. And here we have the Lord saying, taste and see, get your whole emotional self, get your whole experiential self lined up to see that the Lord, he is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. Oh, fear the Lord, you saints, for those who fear him have no lack. The young lions suffer want and hunger, but those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. I want to encourage you, as I said, as wherever you find yourself, making the Lord your place of refuge, running to him, pouring out your heart, pouring out your sorrows, pouring out your joys, pouring out yourself before him. Come, O children, listen to me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. What man is there who desires life and loves many days that he may see good? Keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking deceit. Turn away from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. Y'all, again, I think that is a real short summation of what does it look like to fear the Lord? It is to put evil away from us. It's to not use our beings to propagate evil, but instead to propagate good. And again, that doing doesn't necessarily, that doesn't save you, but he's saying, how do you fear the Lord? How do you honor the Lord? Put evil away, pursue good, pursue peace. As we continue, it says, the eyes of the Lord are toward the righteous and his ears toward their cry. The face of the Lord is against those who do evil to cut off the memory of them from the earth. When the righteous cry for help, the Lord hears and delivers them out of all their troubles. The Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves those crushed in spirit. Y'all, this is like real comforting news. And if you're like, I don't understand, why is that comforting news? Or you're like, I don't know how to like apply that to my life. I, would, I think sometimes in church world, we get real hype on what's the application. Sometimes the application is to sit with it. Sometimes the application is to, like I keep referencing, 
bask in it, marinate in it, let it wash over you. Let the reality of what is being said take root in your soul. If the eyes of the Lord are towards the righteous, his people, and he hears them. He doesn't just hear their voice, he hears their cry. This idea of someone crying out like protest, crying out exclamation of anguish or anger or fear. And he hears it and his face is towards his people. It's against those who do evil. And y'all, that is like a comforting thing too because y'all, the Lord himself has said, vengeance is mine. Because I think sometimes when wrongs are done against us, we want to like hold grudges hard. Really, like sometimes we want to be like, Jesus, like I want to like nurse this wound. I want to hold this grudge. And it's helpful to remember. And it's scary, if I'm honest, to remember that the Lord, his face is against those who do evil. Like, that's scary. And again, not that if you're like, hey, I just kind of talked trash about someone today. I'm not saying the Lord is gonna smite you on the way home. That's not what I'm saying. But again, this idea of if our, if our lifestyle is to the harm of others, like there is some cosmic powers working on behalf of the Lord's people. And cosmic powers that may be opposing those who do harm. And that can be a comfort to know that the Lord of all creation knows him who is full of justice and mercy perfectly mingled, cares for his people. And that when the righteous cry out for help, the Lord hears. The Lord is near to the brokenhearted. Y'all, Store that one away for a rainy day. Because let me tell you what, in case you have not experienced already, and some of you I know and I know your stories, and some of you are like, yes, sir, I've been reciting that to myself since I was seven years old. Like some of you know that deeply, that you're like, Jesus, that's the only way I even got through anything that I've gotten through thus far. But if you haven't, life is hard. Life comes at you and hits you in the intersection like being T-boned at the red light. Like it is going to do, life is going to life. It's gonna show up in some weird ways. And it's a right thing to come to the Lord and say, Lord, I'm brokenhearted. Lord, I am in anguish. Lord, I don't know what to pray right now other than would you weep with me? And the Lord is near. We saw this reflected when we looked at the life and death and resurrection again of Lazarus. That the sisters said, Jesus, if you had but been here, both of them, and he weeps with them. And like I just said, continuing in verse 19, many are the afflictions of the righteous. Doesn't just say kind of, it doesn't say occasionally, it doesn't even say sparingly, it says many. 
And I have to remind myself of that. Many are the afflictions of the righteous. The Lord's people in this life are not spared from suffering, from harm, from heartache. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. He keeps all his bones, not one of them is broken. Affliction will slay the wicked, and those who hate the righteous will be condemned. The Lord redeems the life of his servants. None of those who take refuge in him will be condemned. And y'all, I just want to let that sit. As I said, that the Lord has given us a song, a piece of poetry to remind us how he is intimately invested in our lives. That he cares for our needs, he cares for our wounds, he cares for our souls. That he has invited us to be, him to be our place of refuge that he invites us to pour out our cares before him. Again, 1 Peter, cast your cares on the Lord for he cares for you. And right now you may be like, this didn't do it for me, Dr. Weeks. Like I came here to hear the gospel of John. Uh, We'll be back next week. But I would want for you to know that in times where maybe you just need to rest. There are passages that lead us through the reality of who the Lord is, where we can seek shelter, where we can seek solace. And tonight, I wanted you to sit under one of those moments. So would you join me as I pray for us? Father, I pray that you would use your word, your psalms to remind us to etch into our beings that, Lord, no, we are not perfect, but that you have made a way for us to be restored and hidden within you. But also, Father, that you are a shelter, that you are the one who hears. Lord, you are not deaf. You are not uncaring. You are not unsympathetic or unable to resonate with where we're at. That you love us and get us and care for us. That you remember but that we are but dust. But Father, I pray, would you use your word to anchor our souls to you. That you would be our place that we go to express all sorts of cares. Father, ask us all in Jesus' name.